Welcome to Tipping Point, The Power of Clarity, where we explore how you can turn seemingly difficult situations into power and the clarity you need to get there. So today we have uh, Gopi as our guest. He's absolutely incredible. Gopi is a close personal friend of mine. Um, he's been an executive at Google for over 15 years. He's the author of these two fabulous books published by Hay House. This man has done five TEDx talks, has had several albums come out. He's and he does so much work for um, young people, for um, mentorship and supporting humanity. And um, today we're going to hear about his story of what was his tipping point and what is the clarity he needed to rise above and be better than before. So Gopi. Thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Thank you, Amina. Hello. Lovely to see you again and be back on your show. Oh my God, it's great to it's <laughs> great to see you. Yeah. And uh, last night at your dinner party, you had this amazing sort of fun, colorful jacket on. Where is that? I feel like you need to wear that for the show. For sure, absolutely. I've been sitting right here. Yes. <laughs> right as well. Look at that. It's an daishiki jacket <laughs> oh wow where did you get this I, well i <laughs> well i got it off where most things most people get the internet but i <laughs> bought it originally for burning man and then i decided during the pandemic for these video conferences occasionally i should put it on because it adds that pop the dash that little bit of color and <laughs> small things like this make a big difference yeah. while we are spending much of our time in this two-dimensional world of video conferences yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, Tipping Point, the original book is all about that, of how yeah. small things can create big change. And so I'd like to explore that with you today. And Gopi, for context, um, would you just run us through your, not the Google side and what you've done there, but more the personal development side, your books, your TEDx, your albums, like what have you done and what is it in service of? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I can first you know, introduce to you my two books itself. The first one, I'm sorry, the first one, The Internet to the Internet. I explore the idea that while the internet is this amazing technology that connects us together, the internet right here is what connects us to ourselves and, and what are the practices by which you reset your connections to your own inner self. And in the second book, The Happy Human, oops, right side up, The Happy Human, I explore the concept of something every human being on this planet wants happiness and my own experiments to find it and uh, stumbling through that process. But net-net between that and the music and my TED Talks, my focus, Amina, is really on this question of who are we, what is our highest purpose in life, and how do we bring our best self into life every single day? Everybody here is uniquely talented, but it takes something to blossom in our own way. And what is it? And yeah. what are the pathways to do that? Drawn from wisdom cultures is really what my exploration uh, conversation books are all about. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And, you know, I think everyone has a turning point in their life where they realize I'm not happy 
like what I'm doing isn't working. And I think the pandemic accelerated this entire idea, right? Exactly. That, like self-exploration is necessary. <laughs> you're locked at home. You're with your kids. You're with your partner 24-7. How do you gain emotional resilience? How do you find your formula for happiness in difficult times? Um, and Gopi, I know that you had kind of a big crisis that you were able to sort of flip your life around, um, which I think made you a much happier human. Uh, sure. Can you share about that? Sure. Yeah. My tipping point and my crisis moment happened on October 4th, 2018. That was the day when the happy human was coming out and I was booked to be on a TV interview show. I was going to be on KNBR Channel 7 in downtown San Francisco on the new show to be interviewed about my new book at 4 p.m. October 4th, 2018. Incident at 4 p.m. That exact same time I found myself or I would say I chose to be not in the TV studio, but in the emergency room of Stanford Hospital on a stretcher with an IV down my arm, rapidly losing consciousness. And you may wonder like, what do you mean by you chose to be there instead of the TV studio? Well, nobody makes choices like that, Amina. But what had happened was leading up to that day, over the 12 weeks I had made a set of lifestyle choices that ended up in this complete health breakdown. I'd been to 12 countries and sorry, 12 cities in four countries and not just simply traveling, but doing pretty intense things with my life. I mean, I had a busy day job that I had to do in the tech industry. And on top of it, I had finished a book, competed in the world championship of public speaking, recorded a series of uh, yoga videos for glow.com produced a Kirtan Music Festival, and if all of that was not enough, wear this amazing jacket and was uh, producing art and uh, music at Burning Man. And that alone will wear anyone out. But driven by this notion that life and success and happiness is achieving more and taking one more thing off the checklist and trying to accomplish this, I kept pushing past, ignoring the markers of self-care and that's what led to the crisis because nature came roaring back and said, no, you need to be grounded. You need to take care of yourself first. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good point, right? Like sometimes when we're thriving, we think we need to keep the momentum and yeah. go, go, go and do more and accomplish more. But forgetting ourselves is critical, right? Like it, it can create like very uh, adverse impact, obviously. So let me ask you, Gopi, when you were in the emergency room and you totally figured out that you'd burnt yourself out, um, what did you do? Like, what was the changing point for you? Well, at the emergency room itself, my obvious goal was very, very short term, which is how to get this problem resolved and get out of the emergency room and be back home. Mm -hmm. But while recuperating over the next few weeks, that's when I had some time to reflect and came to a very simple logical conclusion that the most important resource I have, the most important asset I have, the most important thing I need to take care of, the most important thing I have to have unconditional personal responsibility for is to take care of this container. And this is the case for every single human being. It doesn't matter what else you have access to outside in terms of resources and assets. None of them mean anything unless this container is high functioning. And that was like the simple epiphany I had. And when I say this container, I call it the five things. First, your physical body, 
that needs to act, behave, perform in a certain way. Second is your brain that controls your cognitive function. Third is your breath, which is the primary source of your life and your energy, your prana, as they would call it in Sanskrit. The fourth is your thought process because your thinking dictates so many things in your mind, your body, and your awareness. And the fifth is your emotions. How do you react and respond to the circumstances outside of you? And taking care of these five things, which together I, for fun, call it my inner net, became the most important priority. And since then, I've made it my number one daily priority every single day. Wow. Can you go into a bit more detail about your internet, specifically what you do on a daily basis? Sure. But even before that, there are two logical constructs I wanted to share with you, Amina. And that is, as I was thinking about what had happened and what forced me to, to stay back and think is, I was grounded and I was resting and trying to restore my body to full functioning. And during the time I canceled 16 speaking engagements. And that's my primary source of self-expression, right? And uh, words and ideas are how I live and thrive. And that got taken away from me. And I saw it an act of love and kindness actually from the nature of the universe, just like parents will confiscate the favorite toy of a child to get their attention when they are not listening to something that is good for them. Nature took away my ability to go on stage and speak so that it got my attention. And I realized during the time that all of our life experiences is being filtered by this internet. There is no life experience we have. Whether we have some food and enjoy it, whether we listen to a piece of music, whether we engage in a conversation like I'm doing with you, whether we're reading a book and trying to absorb the knowledge, all of these life experiences and whether you're walking on a beach, has to be filtered by this layer, your internet. And the second logical uh, conclusion I reached that is all of our self-expression, I mean, you know, whether you're cooking a meal, designing a dress, building a company, constructing something with your hands, or moving people with your words and ideas, whatever is your self-expression also has to come from this layer. And therefore, there is no life experience outside of this internet. There is no life expression outside of this inner net. And if somebody can give you the formula to put this, your container into a state of peak performance, you experience life at a peak state, you express yourself at a peak state. And that was the very, very simple conclusion I reached. And from there, drawing upon wisdom traditions, you know, I came up with this formula that I've since then used on a regular basis. And I have to tell you that one of my and our lucky moments is that we don't have to invent it. We don't have to find all this. Somebody else has done it for us. Across many cultures, many traditions, people have figured this out over a period of their many lives, many years, and left the what I call the operating manual for us. So all we have to do is to refer to the operating manual, take elements of it that work for us, and adopt it into our life. Yeah. And, uh, and at some point today, I can share you what my operating manual is. Yeah, uh, go for it. We'd love to hear it. Sure, yeah. It's a simple mnemonic that I use, and I call it give yourself medals every day. And I keep this as a physical reminder of this. So this is a medal I got when I ran the U.S. Half Marathon in San Francisco. But now this medal represents something else very symbolic for me. So I say I give myself medals every day, and that is my uh, formula. Anyway, so what are these medals? And I have it you know, written down here. So medals, oh, let's see it. Yeah, M-E-D-A-L-S. And each alphabet represents one or two things. 
And do you want me to expound on that right away? Sure. So M stands for meditation or some level of pausing and connecting with yourself on a daily basis. Whatever system or method you use for meditation, it's 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 an element of finding that little bit of quiet and connection with yourself. E, and now you can see where I'm going with this, stands for exercise or any form of movement. A body likes movement. A body functions best when there is regular movement. It can be yoga or running or forest walking, whatever form in which it moves you, interval training. For me personally, it's a combination of yoga, interval training, and triathlon training. And then A stands for appreciation on a daily basis, appreciating all the things that are high-functioning in your life. Or in other words, it's living with an attitude of gratitude. The next letter in medals stands for L, and L represents two things in my mind. One is love, especially self-love, and the second is learning. So learn something new and complex every day because it's exercise for the brain and keeps your brain high-functioning. And in my case, you might ask, so what are you learning right now? I'm studying the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, written uh, supposedly 1,600 years ago in dense, impenetrable Sanskrit, and really wrapping my mind around it is interesting. And the second thing I'm learning in parallel is the whole world of cryptocurrency and blockchain. And again, a very, very arcane subject. There's so much depth to go into. But all of these are ways by which I can engage my brain in different ways. And the uh, last alphabet is S, and S represents two things in my mind. One is sleep, because we need rest and uh, renewal. And the second is social connections, like what we did last night, uh, Amina, when you came for the dinner party, I pulled together a group of very interesting, eclectic people and engaged in conversation. And as humans, as mammals, we need that social connection. So that's the medals formula. One more time, M for meditation, E for exercise, D for Oh, I forgot D in between MS. D is diet or healthy nutrition because your body is sustained by healthy nutrition. A is for appreciation. L is for learning and L is for love, especially self-love. And S is for uh, uh, S is for uh, sleep and S is for social connection. Nice. That is my operating manual. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you for the visuals. I feel like that goes a long way. Um, Thank you. You know, Gopi, for you, you had this small crisis where your health was really challenged and it helped you refocus on metals and your formula. Um, but you'd written a couple books about happiness and well-being. And so you've been dedicated to this path for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, I think somebody that, you know, never meditates, doesn't exercise much, you know, doesn't have a gratitude list, like doing this on a daily basis could be a lot. Uh, where do you think we should begin? With these practices? Yeah. Well, first of all, in a, let me may address the point. Yeah, I'd written about these things in the book, both the books, and still this crisis happened because we can take things for granted. We can, despite having all the knowledge, it's so easy to get caught up in the world and external environment around us and miss on the markers of uh, self-care. And any of these theories will talk about regular sleep, for example. But if you've got a busy professional career and you're flying around different time zones and coming back jet lagged, easily your cycle can throw and get thrown off the gear. And it's one thing to maintain healthy nutrition when you have a good degree of control over it, like in your own kitchen. 
But as you've zoomed through airports in different cities and conferences, etc., you can very easily uh, lose your way and uh, end up with putting things into your body that are not necessarily the most nourishing for you. So these things can easily go wrong. And this is a reminder that you need to maintain daily vigilance over it. So uh, how I make sure or what my recommendation is, you know, on a daily basis, I write a list of my priorities on a weekly, daily basis, et cetera. And I always put medals at the top. I write it down, even though I know it. I, I'm, the physical act of writing it down every single day before I make any other commitments for the day is a reminder that this is the most important thing. If there's only one thing I could do today and the rest of the day got shot, it's to make sure that I made some commitment to taking care of my medals. And uh, I did the math on this and I didn't bring the formula for it, but I calculated like how much minimal time do you need for each of these things? Like seven hours of sleep, 30 minutes of meditation or 20 minutes of meditation, uh, 30 minutes of exercise, about 30 minutes to take care of the nutrition, et cetera, or two minutes for an attitude exercise. When I added all that up, uh, it came to somewhere between 11 to 13 hours. And that might seem like a lot. And sleep is the one that takes the most of it, seven to nine hours of sleep, but about 11 to 13 hours. But you're still left with uh, uh, anywhere between 11 and 13 hours uh for everything else. And there is quite a bit of time still left there. So, uh, you know, a day is 24 hours long and it's a question of where do you want to spend it? And if you don't spend it taking care of this, it lowers your effectiveness in everything else is my argument. Mm -hmm. Now, there'll be some days when you're super busy because of a variety of circumstances. Uh, I urge people to even do like one minute of practice, one minute of yoga, one minute of meditation. And you might think like, you know, what is the point in doing it? That seems like trivial and almost not necessary, but it's you're tricking your brain into saying, this is a daily habit that I refuse to let go of. It's like brushing your teeth, no matter how busy you are, you'll always find time to brush your teeth when you wake up and make yoga meditation or, or whatever form of exercise meditation, whatever is your metals implementation method, find a bare minimum time that you can't say no to on a daily basis. And on some days when you have more time, then you spread it out in a more structured manner, let's say weekends. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I mean, you made two points, actually. You said do a little bit, even if it's a minute or two minutes, because it gets into the sort of muscle memory, right, where it becomes a habit. And earlier you said it's one thing about like knowing this information. It's another thing to like internalize it in your heart and do exactly. it with yeah. commitment. And it sounds to me that you had all of this amazing knowledge. Um, you did all of this incredible work with the books and the speaking, but there was a point at which you realized if I don't live this every single day with yeah. like incredible tenacity, like even me, even Gopi, right? Like even Gopi <laughs> could fall off, right? And here you are like the um, sort of thought leader in these topics. So nobody's immune. Nobody's immune to uh, the neglect, and it's a daily practice, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it is two things going on here. I mean, it's one thing to have the knowledge, but as you said, unless you apply the knowledge, then it's no good at all. It just sits in the book. The second thing is all of the people who write about it, talk about it, do apply it, but it's very easy to sort of lose some of it over the edges over a period of time. It's a very slow process that happens. 
you get caught up, you get busy, you sign up for many things, your calendar starts getting full and you start saying no to some elements of the practice, you start compromising. And it's not overnight that people say, okay, I'm going to ignore all this and, and lead a less than optimal life. It creeps upon you because you allow other things to crowd into your schedule, into your agenda, pushing these core maintenance aspects out. And before you realize you've done a lot of damage and that's when you need a wake up call. So we are all, I mean, that was a moment of vulnerability for me. It was, and I gave a whole TEDx talk about it. I fell off the wagon and I needed to get back onto the wagon. And that is okay. Uh, that is perfectly okay because in my own philosophy of life, which again, I talk about in the book, is our life is one giant experiment. Our life is one giant experiment and experiments lead to unexpected results. And we will never find out until we try. So this forced me to go back and retool the experiments of my life when it comes to taking care of myself and wellness and uh, wellness at a holistic level. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Um, final question, Gopi. Yeah. I think I think some people have turning points and tipping points in their life where they hit rock bottom, where it's like, I can't go on like this. I need something different. And the motivation for change is greater because you've experienced sort of a downward cycle difficulty, right? But what about the people that um, are fine? They're happy. Uh, sometimes they meditate, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're healthy, sometimes they're not. I mean, that's fine if they're you know living that life. But what advice would you give those folks? Well, uh, the general advice I mean I would give to everyone is that there is a high or higher potential we are all capable of. Okay. And it's like, you know, think of your car. If you keep it well-maintained for everything from gasoline to lubrication to periodic servicing, it functions in an optimal level. And then if you were to drive it over rough terrain or, or, or do a lot of climbing in a mountainous area, then you need it to occasionally stop and cool off and restore. So same kind of model, even if everything is going fine, these practices will only make the quality of your life better, the quality of your happiness better. And that would be my closing advice to uh, those people, because there is no limit to the kind of potential you can accomplish and, and the quality of life that you can live at a peak state, at a peak performance state. So why not take advantage of all of this and lead a much more optimal life than you are leading. Or even if you think you're at your best, try it, push the boundaries and see what happens. It's the same thing. The top athletes in the world don't stop training and practicing. When we just witnessed the Olympics go by it, every single athlete there was trying to run a second faster, run, jump a few centimeters higher, throw something a few centimeters longer. And you could have said, you are at the top of your game. You are the world record holder. Why stop at this? They don't. They train themselves. They see, like, and they get a little bit more of an advantage. And they're competing against themselves. And they are asking the question, what is the highest potential I can reach in my lifetime in my sport? And we adopt a similar kind of attitude in our own lives when it comes to our own personal performance and uh, optimal living. Got it. So that's the power of clarity. You got your clarity. You are very, very, very certain and clear that you have to start with metals because you know what could happen 
yeah. if you just lay off a little bit. So the message here is just do it. <laughs> and I think you have a Nike shirt on, right? That says. I do, yes, yeah, under this new thing, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so now, <laughs> unravel the uh, final message, which is just do it. Get started. Yeah, the question, and a closing question, I mean, I would say to, uh, people should ask, am I living at my highest potential? Ah. And if the answer is no, which I think for most people it will be because they will be like, no, I'm not done yet. There's more I can do. Then uh, adopt these practices and see how far you can take it and have fun with it. All of life is one giant experiment. Mm -hmm. And you'll never find out till you try. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Gopi. How do we find you? Where can we get your books? Where do we find well, you? My website is the simplest. My last name Kalayil, K-A-L-L-A-Y-I-L.com, links to all of my social media persons. Or my books are available uh, everywhere where books are sold. Use that incredible tool called Google. Kalayil.com, K-A-L-L-A-Y-I-L is probably the best branching of source. Okay, cool. Thank you very much, Gopi, for joining us. Thank you, Amina. The power of clarity. It sounds like you have so much clarity and you wouldn't have it without these practices. So I hope Absolutely. anyone that's watching out there can try Gopi's formula. Maybe try it for a week. See how you feel. You know, we'll refund your misery if, <laughs> if it doesn't work, but give it a shot and go for it. Thank you. See you, everyone. Thank you, Amina. Pleasure. Yes, of course.